Hey, what's up? Hey, how you doing? What's up, man? Nothing. All right. Back you for us, for us, back you? Yeah, yeah, we're acquainted. Go in and grab a seat. Becky also happens to live here. <laughs> this is my first time on the podcast. Yeah, what is, who is this? See, there's Cat. Thomas is the orange one. This is Thomas, and that who's the black one? Polly. Polly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like black cats. And then Iggy Pig is around here somewhere too. Iggy Pig. Yep. I'm a cat guy. Yeah. Do you have cats? I literally have 20 minutes of cat material. That was like, say to like, <laughs> that was kind of the most grizzled I've heard somebody be like. I'm a cat guy. Life, as they say, is a gamble. It's a gamble to ask out the person that you have a crush on knowing that they could say yes. You two could fall in love and that could be that. Or they could say no and rip your heart out of your chest and you could be sad, miserable forever. Who knows? Every time you drive, you gamble on the skills of the engineers that built the car and the abilities of all those weirdo strangers on the roads to operate them. Some gambles, however, are a bit more literal, such as betting $100 on the 10-0 New England Patriots to beat the 8-2 Denver Broncos on the road with the Pats favored by a four, a gamble, incidentally, that you have lost. My name is David Sharp, and this is Midnight Breakfast, the show where funny friends gather to tell true stories over the warmth of a home-cooked meal. This week, I have over two sweet, charming people that just happen to love a little bit of action. We have former marine biologist turned gambler turned stand-up comedian, currently on tour with Jim Jeffries, it's Forrest Shaw. Isn't everybody a professional gambler? There's money involved. There's no amateur gambler. <laughs> and we have a former card dealer, turned lawyer, turned stand-up, turned roommate here at the Breakfast Nook. It's Midnight Buddy for Life, Becky Kluger. I get to have the dialogue I should be having with my father. <laughs> and I myself have attempted to support myself with poker through two separate stretches of my life both of which culminated in me constructing this sentence in the past tense, using the word attempted. All episodes of Midnight Breakfast are recorded in the Breakfast Nook here in not-so-bad Van Nuys, California, while Shayna Brennan, our gracious culinary engineer and contributing wit, prepares a delicious pile of food for us and our guests. You will also hear the voice and laughter of our audio engineer and Midnight Breakfast team member Dave Brennan, as well as the occasional meowch from Thomas the Cat, clatter of silverware, or hiss of bacon. We hope that you don't find this room noise distracting. We just like to keep the breakfast nook a little warmer than the average podcast studio. Our guests are treated to a delightful dessert provided by our sponsor, Kettle Glazed Donuts in Hollywood, California, and online at kettleglazed.com. Kettle Glazed, great donuts. Also, if you would like to be a sponsor of our show, you can go to our Patreon page. I put a link up on our Facebook and Twitter pages. So, the felt tablecloth is out. The chips are stacked and the finger foods are on the counter. Let's shuffle up and deal as we talk gambling here on this week's Midnight Breakfast. Let's go, let's go, to the Midnight Breakfast. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, to the Midnight Breakfast. Eggs and bacon, waffles too. No topic there is ever. Okay, what are they talking about? I'm like, this is like an idiot. They always do it.
It's always going on MLK. <laughs> I was a table game stealer for a while. So. What casino? Like where? Uh, Little Creek Casino Resort and Skybridge in Shelton, Washington. Yeah, blackjack, four card poker, yeah. Texas shootout, pie gal. Texas shootout. <laughs> that all seems so silly to me, those games. It's like fun names designed to get people to sit down and play yeah, a game Texas they don't shootout? understand. Texas shootout is such a sucker game. It sounds like it doesn't. There's actually. <laughs> I'm gonna get into a shootout. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say I'm really good at Texas shootout. <laughs> What's your game? Texas shootout. Professional <laughs> professional Texas shootout. I don't know anything about Pi Gal. So. She once she taught us Pi Gal here one time, and she's like, "I have a system." <laughs> Which is the best thing to hear from a gambler. I have a system. It's and a good system. What's the name of the system? The suicide progressive system. That's how you know it's good. It has suicide in the name. And I remember, like, she's like, it always works, it never fails, and she explains the logic, and it sounds like it makes sense, but then we kept playing it. I don't think I said it never fails. Oh, this never fails except for the one time where it fails catastrophically. Catastrophically, yeah. Yeah, it's super bad. If it works well, you get, like, 5, 10, 15 bucks, and there's no way that you can't win unless you lose all of your money. (laughs) How does it work again? So, <laughs> you know when gamblers say they have systems, it's like when, like when drug addicts are like, nah, I can stop whenever I want. Whenever it's like I the want. same. No, this is... I have systems too, trust me. It's, it's a classic system that a lot okay. of professional gamblers really do use. Also, I don't, I don't agree with the term professional gamblers. Aren't, isn't bullshit. everybody a professional gambler? There's money involved. It's, there's no amateur gambler. <laughs> <laughs> no, one, no one's like, I'm just doing this, you know, I'm not sponsored yet. I know what you're saying, but I just yeah. think it's a funny term. Like, I'm a sure. professional at this. <laughs> but having not having any other source of income, but... Yeah. So it's like, it's really hard to do it because like casinos have caught on to it. And that's part of why there's such a limited spread on a lot of table games. Like it'll be like, your bet can be from $15 to 250 But yeah. what you want to do is you want to take 10 grand to a casino that lets you bet from $5 to $1,000. If you can find that, then... Sure, mm-hmm. and a good start with that to be find ten grand. Yeah. <laughs> I was like ten grand. I never. So, so I haven't go, had ten grand ever in my life. That's like if like, you have those things, you can ever. be a professional gambler. I mean, it would go really slow with Pi Gal. Pi Gal is just a super slow game. That's part of why it's like my favorite game to play at the pit. If it's I don't slow. have much, yeah, because you could just have thirty bucks and stay there for an hour. But it's the worst game to deal because somebody can sit there with thirty bucks and just play for an hour. Yeah. yeah. And it's a full table of angry people because they're losing their stupid bonus bet. Oh, yeah, that's how we started talking about this. Pygo is like, you can't really lose your money unless you bet the stupid bonus bet, which is a sucker bet. That's how, that's how the casino makes all their money, sucker and bets, right? every single yeah. dealer plays with that bet. So they're like, but what if you get a seven-card straight flush? Mm-hmm. It's like, that happened once in ten years at my casino. <laughs> like, all the players playing every day. It's, yeah. But it's like a 5,000 to 1 payout. Right. But I'm totally going to lose five grand before I ever make it there. Cheers. So uh, I felt like all my coworkers were stupid when they would gamble. And they're also incredibly superstitious. And if you think anyone's going to not be superstitious... It would be dealers. They're right? the most. The most super... It's what? so dumb. So, I, so who, who, who are dealers? That's one thing I've always wondered. Like, <laughs> yeah. Who are the people that are drawn to that? Well, at Little Creek, they're all the people who went to Shelton High School. And then... <laughs> If they didn't get a job at Safeway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what, what was I you make a lot of money as a dealer. 
Uh, it depends where you are and what you're dealing. Like where with. you work, like what do you make an hour if you bounce? Well, the it's ball? minimum wage. Beat Safeway. Tips. It beats Safeway for sure, unless you've been at Safeway for forty years. So like twenty know. bucks an hour. Or? Yeah, it's not bad. But then you have to deal with gamblers. They're the worst people. They're, they're, they're... You know what's funny is poker players are always worse than pit players. Really? really? Yeah, like the cashiers at the end of the night. Everyone that worked in the cage was always like fucking poker players. They're... Is it because they think that they're smarter than it and they can beat it, whereas table players are usually just there to have fun? I think that that is more like there's like people who are always in the pit have a bit more shame about their... What do you mean about... pit? What do you mean pit, though? Oh, the pit is where, like, blackjack and... Oh, okay. I don't know any of these terms. <laughs> I want to you know, I did mostly sports gambling, though, but I've done oh, okay. I've done a good amount of casino gambling, too. I've done it all, but... So but sports pit. is your main... Yeah, but if I was in a casino, I played blackjack because I, I was the biologist. I was a marine biologist before I was a comic. So I was in the numbers, and that's, like, the easy number one. You just have to memorize what to do. And at that point, then it's just luck. So it's it's I kind of like that instead of being so like, your oh, secret to gambling is luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a couple systems. <laughs> I can tell you about, but I don't really want to give away any of my systems on this podcast. You know, no, sure. You there was buy a, your book from Cardoza Publishing. Yeah. <laughs> Here is a sports one. It's called basketball season. If anybody wants to gamble, this one, this one works. I think okay, if, sure. if there is a if there is a team that is ranked playing an unranked team in college basketball. The unranked team is favored in that game, and it'll usually be like minus one, two, half, whatever. You take the unranked team, and it's like 65. It's in the high 60s for some Interesting. Hmm. But if you're a compulsive gambler like me, you gamble on everything else, too. So then you <laughs> start <from the> top, <laughs> It all does. Because when I stopped gambling, it was weird. I was able to stop with sports, and I was started going to GA and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm just going to start going to casinos. I don't know why I did that. Well, I, I thought it was like some some weird justification in my head. I'll just go to casinos. Sports is my problem. <laughs> Sports is the problem. I'll go t- tackle these corporate behemoths. Here Look, nobody's ever had a gambling problem at a casino. That's a safe space. <laughs> yeah. When you tell people you have a gambling problem, it's if they don't understand it and don't have it themselves, they're just like, oh, you should just stop. Yeah, don't do that. Oh, well, thanks. I'm glad you came along <laughs> with your brilliant insight. Because, you know, if you see an alcoholic, they're drunk, you, they smell like booze, they're acting irrationally, erratically, whatever, violently. Um, and then drug addicts have their own, you know, and it's easily identifiable. And, right. And it's harder for people to grasp. Well, they can't see it. You're just kind of like, don't have money for some, you know, but you can kind of cover that up and you're just like an asshole a lot of times, you know, so it's like, it's not as quantifiable for people. And also people just think like, well, you shouldn't waste your money. It's like, yeah, well, you shouldn't, you know, be addicted to heroin either. But people are, that's like, that's like, you know what I'm talking about. When I finally like, I guess if you want to call it like rock bottom type thing. I ended up getting committed briefly to an institution. If an immediate family member or spouse is concerned for someone's safety, they can have you uh, put under observation for 48 hours. This is a funny story. I mean, it's not funny when it happens, but it's, it's, it's definitely a funny story. It's not that it's funny that, when the cops have yeah. you committed to a men's Oh, no, it's funny. Yeah, okay, well, here's... So, I'm, I mean, I'll tell you honestly right now, I'm honest about everything. Like, I, I was not thinking about killing myself, but my mom felt like she thought that I might be. Mm-hmm. So she came over for some reason to my house and blocked my car in, and she refused to let me leave. And I was like, why is she sitting here? Like, I, I wasn't really going to leave, but I kind of was going to leave. Nothing to it, make you want to leave, like somebody blocking your car and yeah. saying, I can't leave. But then it occurred to me, I was like, oh, I think she called the cops. 
I was like, did you call the cops? She goes, nah. She's a terrible liar. <laughs> and that's when the poker skills yeah, came I was like, 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 that's a tell. Yeah. I raised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just touched your nose. So, And then uh, way down the driveway, I see this cop car like go by. And then it stops and backs up. And I'm like, all right, you know, fuck you. And uh, <laughs> I had a townhome with a patio. And around the patio is this wooden gate, six-foot-high wooden gate around the hole. So I, I lock the wing gate, I lock my front door, and I turn off all the lights. I don't know why they thought that. <laughs> I convinced them that no one's in here. The lights are off. Guess we're, guess we're not here. <laughs> I was like, just sitting there, sitting there like, fuck, fuck, what am I going to do? I don't want... I don't. So I leave. I was literally wearing flip-flops, shorts, and like a basketball cut-off shirt, you know? Not a good outfit to leave the house. But, uh, <laughs> so I open up the sliding glass door, and I start to cut across the patio. One of my flip-flops comes off. Mm. Right then, I see like this cop coming over the fence, and I just run into my planner, and I hide behind this shrub, right? <laughs> but, uh, but here's the problem is, like, well, I had only planted them like three days before that, so these weren't like filled-in shrubs. I want you to understand these are just planted. <laughs> Cannot hide so a 200-plus like, pound man. Like, I'm literally twice the size of this new planted shrub, and I'm like, <laughs> the cops come out there with a flashlight, and as I'm looking, I also see my flip-flop in the middle of the patio. I was like, oh. that's going to be a dead giveaway. Oh. <laughs> and the guy comes, and they look trying the door lock, and they... They see the flip-flop, and he just goes over. Like, he didn't even look. He just has a flash, and he goes, yeah, there he is, right there. (laughs) So, I don't advise doing this when a cop... I I popped up, like I... (laughs) Like, I knew that. I was like, hey. And I go, what are you guys doing on my property? Well, that's not a good thing to say to cops. Uh, so they like slammed me against the wooden fence. My mom was looking over the fence crying. I had to get the keys out to unlock the fence. They threw me in the back of the cop car. Why is she crying? She's the one that called them. Because it's just, you don't like to see your son hiding behind a bush like a maniac. Like being arrested. And they put me like all my neighbors come out. So then I was just yelling at my neighbors. Fuck you, what are you looking at? Yeah. And they took me to this institution. I was there for over 48 hours because they didn't admit me for like 12 hours. And I was still gambling in there. In there? <laughs> yeah, I was able to get outside line on the phone, mm-hmm. call Costa Rica on a friend's account, an offshore gambling site. And then I didn't even know what games were playing. I was just, it was basketball season. I was like, tell me what the games are. And they're like, what game do you want to bet on? I was like, just tell me one. They're like, <laughs> they're like Phoenix Suns minus six. I'm like, other team. However, that is. <laughs> That's how I was gambling there. I didn't even know it was. This is how much I gambled. Some some of the bookies would literally ask me if I want to take it easy this week. Yeah. <laughs> oh. They're going to tell me what to do. I'm gonna Phoenix talk. Suns minus mm-hmm. six. The other team. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to know who it is first? <laughs> nah. And I had no way to know if I was winning or losing until, until I called back game. up and then I would ask them. It's not even about satisfaction of wins or losses at that point. It's just action, you know? Mm-hmm. Is that it's a rush. The, it's the like main just, addiction is just the action. Oh. And then your life feels like it has a purpose. <laughs> Focus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You get to a casino at the, the beginning and you put that first bet in. You're just like, yeah, all right. It's like the first day in baseball season, not to make a sports analogy. But everyone <laughs> thinks they can win. They're like, hey, we're, we're all on even ground here. And then this all goes to shit. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we got some food here. Um, there we go. That was awesome. What's the most number of hours? It was like breakfast at this time. This is right on my alley. It's midnight breakfast. (laughs) What's the most number of hours I've spent on the table? It's not going to be that much. Yours is going to be more. I would say probably like 12. 
14, something like that. Yeah, like a work day. 12 hours at a table? That's a lot, it seems like to me. Oh, that's, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Becky's is higher. (laughs) Yeah, it's higher. I mean, if you ask me in the last eight years, probably 30 minutes because you can't handle it anymore. (laughs) Get me away from these people. Oh, what happened to, you mean what happened at that game in Ventura? I just started yelling at all of David Sharp's friends. (laughs) Like, as soon as I got there, the action was just too slow for me. So they're trying to keep horrible. everyone on task. Oh, you mean like the dealing and the... And it's just like, like they're in the middle of dealing and they're like, here's a hilarious story. And you're just like, nobody gives a fuck <laughs> about your story. <laughs> Put the cards on the table. <laughs> What's your longest all-time stretch of the poker? Probably 30 hours. Jesus. Oh. Atticus, you know? Yeah. Tell me about that stretch. What was that like? I was in college. So I didn't be like, I'm not going to have enough sleep for work or there's like a significant other expecting me at home or anything. Right. That's like a big part of just what reeled it in was growing up and like, and I was just never good enough to be, just live on. But for a few years, I just really thought. You started going to casinos like crazy young. I started sneaking into commerce when I was like 18. So you don't gamble that much anymore, you're saying? No. Poker was a lot easier then. I think I started going to the casino a year after Chris Moneymaker won. A lot of people started. It was at the beginning of the boom and before the 2008 crash. But yeah, like, players are smarter now. It's just a lot harder to be aggressive at a poker table. And, like, that was my thing. Like, that was a big thing I got off on, was being this, like, little girl controlling action. Right. With eight other dudes. The sleaziest, nastiest men on the planet. (laughs) That was another thing that started, like, I just have to start gambling with. Because I realized that, like... All my social time was being spent with the worst Miserable people. people. Really mean, sad people. Like, why else are you at Commerce yeah. at 4 a.m. on a Tuesday? Oh, dude, I once lost, like, a $800 pot. I had Pike and Kings. He was drunk, and he called, like, a $80 pre-flop re-raise with seven deuce. And he ended up winning. Uh. The worst hand in poker. Why? And when he won, he, like, got up and was like, woo! Ha! Like, oh my god, that drives me insane. And I remember this chick next to me, when she was visiting. She was, like, on a road trip, and she was like, so is this what poker is like around here? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to get my money back from him. That's the thing with poker. Like, you have to have the bankroll to weather that. Sure. And that guy did have nothing left by the end of the night, and I left up. But what's infuriating is when you're at a table with, like, three good players and three bad players, Mm -hmm. and you watch the bad player take your money, and you're like, okay, I'm going to get that back from you. And then just, like, two (laughs) hands later, one of the good players just rails him, and you just have to watch your money just shift to an idiot, and then from an idiot to an asshole. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, now that asshole has my money. Donuts. They gave us donut holes this time. Yeah, they gave us some donut holes. This is how those podcasts always work. Yeah, yeah. These are breakfast and donuts. Yeah, usually I have to wait for the podcast. It's like the best podcast I've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) What's Uh, going on there? S'mores are great. Croissant donuts are always a favorite. They have a little miniature croissant donut this time. Take oh. take one of those. Anybody want me to slice? I'll have half. Is there a oh, yeah. cr- Boston cream back over there? Yeah. Is that half of that? I'll have half of that, please. It has cream in it, too. Yes. Yeah, it has cream in it, too. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> They're ridiculous. That was amazing. It's, it's so, so good. good. I got the little one. That's funny. I got the little one, you got the big one. That's <laughs> cute. <laughs> I am bigger than you. Works.
Did you have somebody that like taught you how to gamble, like a mentor? My sponsor. Like a... Really? Your NA sponsor? Yeah, that's, wow. great. <laughs> that's great. I was in Narcotics Anonymous when I was 15. Did you have My a system friends. with drugs? <laughs> Step one, get drugs. Step two, do them. Yeah, that was it. It's a pretty good system. Yeah, it's like it just it. peeked into my soul. <laughs> Yeah, so the first couple times I played with my friends, I was mm-hmm. just really bored by it. And then when one of them was like, no, you're calling too much, and then it was like two days later, I was hooked. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I have some control over this? Yeah. And then yeah. also, it was you mostly 40-year-old dudes that I was playing with, and that was really when that rush of, especially like showing that bluff mm-hmm. to your friends, like, so addictive. Oh, it's the be- oh, especially like in Vegas when it's people I don't know. That's what like I never instigate shit ever. Like, but if you started, I'm like, yay! I'm gonna talk back. Like, finally, <laughs> I have an outlet for my rage. Yeah. So I never look like the bad guy, but I love talking back to the bad guy. It's like part of what gets me going there. Just like I get to have the dialogue I should be having with my father. <laughs> with old Armenian men. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wow. What's your earliest memory of gambling? Yeah, I guess the earliest memory playing poker with my grandfather. <laughs> but so I, don't even, I don't even remember. It was matchsticks. You know, oh, yeah. matchsticks. Yeah. And there were some pennies mixed in, so technically yeah. money. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But I remember being super obsessed with winning, like, even if it was just matchsticks. I was very young. He was just, like, teaching me the game, you know? And I would really be like, I'd be hoarding my matches. That's a fortune. I can start so many fires. I remember. But then he was like, oh, you gotta take them back. And I'm like, well, these are my matchsticks. <laughs> these are my motherfucker. You yeah. Don't put shit on the table that you can't afford to lose, old man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody. Uh, he's got the, yeah. the, 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 the I I was at Hollywood Park just playing cards middle of the afternoon and this kid sits down, early 20s, white guy, dirtbag looking dude who's like v-neck, Ed Hardy shirt, you know, one of those like chin beards. And uh, <laughs> as soon as he sits down, he gets a call on his cell phone and he flips it open and I'll, I'll read exactly what he said because I wrote it down. It's <laughs> a moment I need to remember. Um, Dude, what are you going to do? Call the cops? You're a drug dealer. <laughs> you left me alone with 200 grand and you leave the room to roll a joint? What did you expect me to do? <laughs> you were all fucked up on K and you got sloppy. <laughs> Stop crying. Your money is gone. <laughs> and he hung up the phone. Wow. He had a flip phone and he stole 200 grand? <laughs> <laughs> like, get the 6S, you know? Maybe Live a little. This was his first stop. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He blew like 100 bucks immediately. He's like, it's okay. I had a good week. <laughs> uh, so that guy's dead now. Uh, <laughs> There's some people that are just wealthy, you know, so it doesn't feel... When you sit down, my favorite time is to sit down at a table of, like, retirees that are having a good time. Yeah. And... Not not the miserable pensioner oh, the, the retirees. The old miserable dudes are the worst. Not those oh. dudes. But the the like old guys are like, ah, I made my money. I drove here in my sports car with the top down. Yeah, let's play some cards. Yeah. <laughs> I think the important thing to remember, if you get anything from this podcast, is take advantage of old people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they don't need so the true. money. They're going to oh. die. And don't try and hide yeah. behind shrubs. You just planted. <laughs> 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 so... Who wants to go to Hollywood Park? Eggs and bacon waffles too. No topic there is ever. Coffee's black, the jokes are blue. At the midnight breakfast. 
Okay, friends, it's time to pick our chips up off the table and head to the cage. Turns out that ultimately, my major flaw as a poker player was not starting out with $10,000. And hey, we got through this entire episode without making a single Kenny Rogers reference. Until now. Thank you to my guests, Becky Kluger. So is this what poker is like around here? And Forrest Shaw. What are you guys doing on my property? Thanks to Gary Best for the Midnight Breakfast theme and Mike Garvin for additional music. The Midnight Breakfast team is myself, David Sharp, audio engineer and editor, Dave Brennan, and culinary engineer and editor, Shana, the prehistoric songbird, Brennan. You can find us all on Twitter. I am at David Ann Sharp, and the show is at 12 a.m. Breakfast. Forrest is, easy enough, at Forrest Shaw. And Becky has maybe the greatest Twitter handle of all time, at Big Dick Becky. If you like the show, do me a favor and just tell one friend of yours that listens to podcasts to check it out. That's it. Just tell one friend. Blake. Be sincere about it, you know what I mean? Again, thanks to our sponsor, Kettle Glaze Donuts. You guys really are the best. Online at kettleglaze.com. Kettle Glazed. Great donuts. If you also feel like being the best, go to our Patreon page. The link is up on our Facebook and Twitter pages. So, we always record a little more audio than we need, and then we trim it back to just our favorite stuff so that we can fit into our admittedly self-imposed time limit. But uh, just for fun, here at the end of the show, we like to share with you some of the titles of some of the sections that didn't make the cut, such as uh, In Sync, yes, that In Sync, Hemingway Cats, Betting on the Little League World Series, How to Fuck with a Blackjack Dealer, and Some People in Washington Smell Like Black Mold. Midnight Breakfast is a production on the Crab Diving Network. It's midnight, everybody. It's a brand new day. Let's go, let's go.